Welcome to Conversations About Life, and my name is Will, and I'm here with Clint, and um, I just met well, I just met Clint tonight, actually, and uh, um, Clint called a few days ago to ask about lawn care because the boys have a, a lawn mowing business, and um, Eddie, he went by to give Clint an estimate, and Eddie enjoyed meeting Clint, talked about him when he got home, and uh, I called and asked Clint what he thought about being a guest on my podcast. And he was okay with it. So that's, um, says something about Clint cause that's kind of adventurous to <laughs> just, uh, you know, uh, do this, um, you know, like off the spur of the moment, such a, you know, type of thing. Well, um, Clint, I'm going to let you kind of give your own introduction somewhat. Um, what can you say about yourself that, you know, just tells us something about who you are? Well, that's, hmm, something about me. Tell me, yeah, hmm, tell you what I am. Okay. Yeah. Well, I'm 52 years old. Mm-hmm. I have an older brother, younger sister. I've been married for 32 years. Uh, I work for Metropolitan St. Louis Sewer District. I've been with them be, uh, 20 years this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, my mom and dad are still with us. Uh, check on them every day. Um, I like to think that uh, I like to think I'm in pretty good health. Mm-hmm. <laughs> try to take care of my health the best I can, and I try to take care of my family. Okay. Hey, you know when I talked to you on the phone, you mentioned something about when you were a boy, you were selling firewood door to door up there where I mm-hmm. live. Yeah. So you must <clears throat> be um. You must be a local then, huh? Oh, yeah. I am uh, lived in Jefferson County pretty much my whole life. I lived in uh, Festus. Festus and Peavley are the two towns I've lived in uh, over my 52 years, other than the time I was away in the Navy. And uh, when I was in high school, that was one of the – you're always looking for ways to make a dollar, like your son. Mm-hmm. I mean, he started regular business cutting the grass, and I was just, you know, back when I was his age and younger – um, I was out there knocking doors trying to cut grass, but one of the things I did there for, oh, I guess about two years was, uh, was cut and sell firewood door to door. And I would drive through uh village of Jefferson and Parkton. And if I saw a smokestack on top of a house, I'd beat on the door and tell them I had firewood for sale. And then I'd unload a pickup truck, load of firewood, drive back to Peebley, load up another, another load of wood and go back up and do it again. Okay. So you did pretty well with it? I did that? pretty well with it, yeah. That's neat. Yeah, I worked for a caterer for a short time up in Kemswick when I was uh, worked for him one season. His name was uh, Jim Love, and he passed away here not too long ago and had a big write-up in the paper about him. He was some kind of uh, well-known chef, actually, hmm. and uh, that was my first paying job I ever got a paycheck where they took Social Security out. I was about – 15 years old, mm-hmm. uh, helping him set up for parties and receptions and stuff like that. And uh, it was a cool job because I got to eat well. Yeah. <laughs> Things must have, um, have changed a bit. You know, I'm just thinking of the village of Jefferson. Mm-hmm. Um, so like if you're 52, that's how old I am too. Mm-hmm. I think I was born in 67. So <laughs> I have to figure it out sometimes. Yeah. But, um, so has things, have things changed kind of grown up quite a bit since then? Yeah, back then, that was pretty much all there was there was Village Jefferson. There wasn't – Bayberry Farms was not there. Okay, That subdivision right. on the outer road. That I think both of those kind of intertwine now. Yeah, they do. But, uh, you know, and it was 
I guess Village Jefferson went up late sixties, early seventies, something like that. I think so. And yeah. uh, there were, and the way scale used to be mm-hmm. right on the highway on both sides of the highway. There. Okay. So, um, yeah, so things have definitely built up around there. There wasn't really anything there going mm-hmm. to Village Jefferson. You just kind of cut cut back in there. You know, you were mentioning you're married. Do you have kids? No, sir. Okay. No, I have uh, I have a nephew who's uh, just uh, was discharged from the Army a couple years ago, mm-hmm. uh, honorably discharged after two tours in Afghanistan. He's back home in St. Louis uh, coaching basketball for an inner city school. And I have uh, two younger nephews uh, who are – one's a senior, one's a freshman, and I have a niece who's in junior high. Okay. And cool. uh, matter of fact, when you when you rang the doorbell, I was on the phone with my sister because I was needing uh, the phone numbers, all them kids, because uh, I don't ever – I, I got to run them down sometime. So uh, I called her and I said, hey, I need, to, I need those kids' phone numbers. Mm-hmm. Nobody writes phone numbers down anymore. They put them on their phone. Yeah. But I don't, I don't do business that way. So mm-hmm. I have a home phone and I have a work phone. I have an email. I was just telling some friends of mine last week, I said, if you want to find me, I'm in the phone book. And they just laughed at me because I still have a home phone. Yeah. So yeah, it's kind of different. Yeah. Um, well, are you a reader? Do you watch movies, music? Like what kind of stuff do you enjoy? Uh, <clears throat> I've always been a big reader. I like uh, like reading westerns. Um, you know, Louis L'Amour, uh, Zane Gray. Uh, there was a western writer I was really getting into a few years ago, uh, Johnny Quarles. Uh, he wrote quite a few good western novels. Mm-hmm. Um, but he, but he, um, he kind of got out of that and he started doing more uh, books on tape or books on CD kind of thing. So I kind of mm-hmm. got kind of lost him there. Mm-hmm. But uh yeah, I like reading I like reading a good western um movies uh which is kind of a shame because my nephew my, one of my nephews works at a movie theater mm-hmm. and I hardly ever go to the movies cuz it seems like everything that's out now is a uh uh action adventure uh cartoon based on a cartoon mm-hmm. kind of thing. So I'm really not into the Marvel mm-hmm. stuff, you know. I mean, it's uh, I like a good uh good thriller, good cop show, good western Something like that. Kind of, I'm that way with television. Most of the shows I watch are detective shows. Mm-hmm. I get a kick out of watching those. Um, music. Um, about the only modern music I'm listening to right now would would be country and western. Well, it's not even called western anymore. It's just country, mm-hmm. which is 80s pop with a banjo and a harmonica in it every now and then. Mm-hmm. Still listen to most of the uh, the old oldies. A lot of stuff like that. Big fan of Elvis and oh, really? everything that came out of Memphis back then. I, I followed all those guys' careers, still digging up stuff. That's what's really great about YouTube. Yeah, you know, yeah. You, YouTube is. I told my wife that's one of the greatest inventions uh, that's came out in the past twenty years because mm-hmm. you can look up anything. You know, old TV shows or uh, you know, old records. You know, songs from people's records and stuff like that. You can find anything on there. What do you enjoy about Westerns? Just a good story or, or what is it? Good guy always wins. Okay. <laughs> that's, that's, that's a good part about it. So yeah, I, yeah, I enjoy that. Uh, you know, good John Wayne, even a bad John Wayne movie is a good movie. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I, High Noon was on yesterday evening and mm-hmm. I was just flipping channels. Well, I've seen High Noon, I don't know how many times, but I had to watch it. Mm-hmm. You know, I couldn't turn it off till I made sure he cleaned out the gang, you know, so mm-hmm. worked out pretty good. Yeah. But they don't make westerns hardly anymore. Oh, and, when really? they, and when they do, it's 
Jesse James against the zombies or something. You know, they hmm. want they want to update it so it, it isn't any fun. Hmm. You know, to me. But uh, it seems like that's a lot of the movies that come out now. That's what they are. They're just, uh, you know, like reading a comic book to me. Mm-hmm. You know, Clint Eastwood had a movie come out at Christmas time where he's a he's a drug mule or something, and it was a Clint Eastwood movie. So I was like, I'll, I'll go see it. I, I've seen every movie Clint Eastwood's made. I think. Mm-hmm. Burt Reynolds, you know, I, you know, I'm kind of showing my age. You know, we remember the, when those guys were the top paid actors in Hollywood. Now they just get it. You know, well, Burt's dead, but Clint gets a movie every now and then. Yeah. What's um, what's like one of the most satisfying things that you enjoy, like in a typical week? Well, I work four ten, so Thursday at four thirty is very satisfying because then I'm going to be off for three days. That, yeah. That's very satisfying. I like my job. I'm not in love with my job, uh, but I do I do like my job. I'm a planner scheduler for MSD. I, I plan and schedule maintenance work. Mm-hmm. And uh, do that along with the supervisors and dealing with the mechanics and the electricians, so on and so forth. I started out at MSD 20 years ago digging ditches. Hmm. And um, after about uh, working there about a year, I made the decision uh, to go back to night school. And MSD was the first company I ever worked for that was willing to invest in me. Hmm. And so through um, our educational reimbursement program, I went, I went to Rankin Technical College uh, for a school year, and, mm-hmm. and was uh, when I got done, I was a certified welder. A couple months after I graduated the program, there I got promoted out of digging ditches to be uh, to go in to be a maintenance mechanic in their mechanic program. Mm-hmm. And so I've been two more years of school. Uh, and, uh, I mean, they picked up a tab for every bit of it, and then I graduated from that program. And with uh, the MSD's program, they had worked out with uh, the Department of Labor. Um, and our on the job training at the end of that, end of a certain period of time, I not only graduated ranking, but then I was, uh, got a certificate from the Department of Labor that I was a journeyman maintenance mechanic. So I worked as a maintenance mechanic up until about uh, nine years ago and I was promoted to be a planner scheduler. Hmm. And, uh, not a moment too soon because, you know, you, you start breaking down when you're, uh, hmm. turning big wrenches and welding and cutting and stuff like that. So it was mm-hmm. a good opportunity for me to move into an office role. Mm-hmm. Kind of scary because I had to learn a whole lot of new stuff and I'm learning something new all the time. And that's hmm. the good part about my job that I like. I'm learning, mm-hmm. uh, because they're always making a change with this or a change with that. Uh, and two years ago I transferred, uh, to another plant. I left the plant I'd been at since 2001, mm-hmm. uh, for, you know, just change of scenery, another opportunity. When I got up there, they said, no, nah, we need you planning for electricians. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm not an electrician. My dad was an electrician. I was an electrician. Mm-hmm. So I work with the electricians on, on parts and material and equipment they need to do their jobs. Yeah. Hey, you know, I'm just uh, curious, it just kind of came to me, how did, you know, when Eddie came over and talked with you, how did you ever get to find out we had the mutual friend, uh, Nevin, like how did you guys figure that out? Well, I think it was because I told him, when we got talking, he he gave me a price for doing our lawn, Mm -hmm. and I told him that, I I said, look, I'd really like to have my grass cut on Thursday, because I don't. You know, um, I'm going to be off on Friday and Saturday. And if I'm home, I don't want to hear a lawnmower running. Mm-hmm. And I definitely don't want to hear a lawnmower running on Sunday. 
I yeah. said, a lot of my neighbors cut grass on Sunday. I said, I don't believe in working on Sunday. Mm-hmm. And Ed told me, he goes, well, you won't have to worry about me cutting your grass on Sunday because I'm not working on Sunday. I go to church. Mm-hmm. And then we got talking about where he went to church, where I went to church. And I had met uh, an associate pastor at Rockport a few years ago, and he mentioned Nevin. Okay. And I said, well, there's only one Nevin in the world. <laughs> yeah. And so I knew who he was talking about, and we got talking. But it, that wasn't the associate pastor I'd met years ago. Mm-hmm. And uh, I go to church at uh, Zion Lutheran Church in Peevely. Okay. Uh, my wife and I have been members there uh, for, we're going on about 14, 15 years. And okay. uh, we were, my wife and I, I grew up, uh, I grew up a Baptist. Uh, okay. I went to a Baptist church in Festus, an independent Baptist church. And uh, my wife grew up Roman Catholic. She went to uh, all the way through Catholic elementary, Catholic high, Catholic high school. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so, you know, for first good part of our marriage, we were going to different churches and hmm. visiting each other's church from time to time. So I, you know, we made the decision there about 14, 15 years ago, we need to find a church we can go to together. Mm-hmm. And so we, uh, we decided on the Lutheran church. We didn't settle on the Lutheran church. We decided that's where we wanted to go. Okay. Cause we fit, we felt that that church fit our, both of our spiritual needs and we're very happy there. Yeah. Uh, we have, uh, uh, we just got a new pastor here about a little over a year ago. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was just installed around a year ago, and uh, we're very happy going there. Okay, well, good. Well, what? Um, well, I think it was because I told Ed I go to church on Saturday night, and oh, okay. uh, and he so he asked me if I was Roman Catholic, and I said no. I said I'm, uh, I said I'm Lutheran. Okay. And, and then he said, uh, uh, but I told him that I used to be a Baptist. I said, man, my wife had to find a church to go to together, mm-hmm. and that's how we got talking. Okay, uh, we got talking about that, but it's. Uh, so, and I, well, I think the other part I told him, I might have told him, but I tell this to a lot of people. I go to church on the Sabbath. Mm-hmm. I go on Saturday. And I respect everybody who goes on Sunday by not working on Sunday, too, because I don't want to work on the Sabbath and I don't want to work on Sunday because I don't want to offend anybody. So it's just on Saturday and Sunday, I'm not going to work. Okay. <laughs> that makes sense? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, like the um, Saturday is like the Jewish Sabbath in, mm-hmm. in the Bible, and then Sunday is kind of like the Christian um, day of the Lord, you know, some people mm. refer to it as Sabbath, not so much like the seventh day, but more like just a day of rest or something right. like that. Right. Yeah. Well, what does, um, like, what does your faith, Christian faith look like in your life? Um, like, you know, what does it, um, what does it mean to you, I guess, or just what, um, yeah, what's it like in your life, I guess, you know, as far as how do you practice it? Going to church, is there anything else you do? Um, does it um, help you in any other ways? And just, you know, what what would you like to say about it? Well, my wife and I, we pray together every day. Oh, and okay. um, I, think it, I think it's very important. Um, you know, I think the hardest part for me is you always feel like you're never doing enough. You know, and I had a pastor explain that to me, that, you know, God loves you. Hmm. And you've already done enough. You know, God loves you. And I, I try to, I try to pass that on any way I can, whether it be my church makes up these homeless kits that we give out. And working in North St. Louis, it's very easy for me to find homeless people on a corner hmm. to give them a, a little cleanup kit and a bottle of water and a track from my church. So you carry that with you? I keep them in my truck. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay, my wife well. keeps them in her car. My wife works in St. Louis too. Hmm. So you never yeah. know. Oh, right here in Jefferson County, how many times you get off the Barnhart exit and you see somebody standing right. there or the Peavely exit? Yeah, yeah. You know, we have a lot of we have a lot of a lot of homeless people. 
you have a lot of uh, people who are uh, worried about where they're going to be spending the night. So mm-hmm. you know, we're able to help out in that little way. That's something we do. Um, <clears throat> I have a good friend of mine that's a Gideon. He's a member of the Gideons International. Okay. Um, a lot of times I, I get New Testaments from him. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, having a, a one-on-one walk with the Lord is very important to me, too. I mean, mm-hmm. when I get up in the morning and I'm getting getting dressed to go to work, that's when I'm I'm having a conversation with the Lord. Nobody else is hearing it, but it's first thing I say, thanks for getting me out of bed so I can make it to work on time and mm-hmm. you know give me safety going to work today. You know, I, you know, I'm uh, not to go too deep into it, but I mean, you know, when when you're saying your prayers, you want to you want to pray for everybody. You're praying for your family. You're praying for your friends, your coworkers, and their safety. Mm-hmm. Um, you know. I, there's a lot of, uh, I feel a lot more content having that conversation with the Lord before I go to bed and when I get up and, you know, certain times during the day. Because mm-hmm. uh, I know, I know he's there whether I'm talking to him or not. Mm-hmm. Okay. But it just, to me, it gives me a little bit of inner peace. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, the Lord has, has blessed me and my wife immensely. I mean, we've been blessed with good jobs, you know, good employment, good health. Mm-hmm. Nice home, good cars. Um, I mean, I, I couldn't ask for anything more than that. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I know I have a promise I'm going to be in heaven. Mm-hmm. You know, I hope it's a long time from now. Yeah. And that's the scary part about it because, I mean, I'm, you know, I buried a classmate of mine last week, 54 years old, oh, had yeah. a heart attack. I heard today at work one of my coworkers passed away, wasn't 60. Hmm. You know, you worry about things like that. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, it's, uh, it's just important to me to have that, to have that walk. And, uh, you know, at my church, I work. Matter of fact, I had some kids from Rockport a few years ago that were in my, I teach a scout class at my church because we sponsor the scout troop. Mm-hmm. And it's God and country, God and family, God and me, God and life. I teach the God and me class and that's for the kindergarten through second grade kids. Mm-hmm. And I, I, you know, we have a really good curriculum for this. And the first thing I tell them is I ask them the question, who loves you? And they kind of look at me funny. I said, God loves you. As long as you know that, you pass the class. We'll study everything else. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. that's the thing you need to know. And, mm-hmm. I mean, I've had I've had kids from just about every faith and no faith that have been in that class, you know, but it's through the scouts and, and my church. And, uh, matter of fact, we had one, and this is for, for Boy Scouts and Girl Scouts, and I've had uh, probably through the years about five or six Girl Scouts have taken this class as well. And uh, matter of fact, one of the girls just graduated. She's graduating high school this year, but she has completed every badge she could through the Girl Scouts. Mm-hmm. And she took every class through the the God and Me program mm-hmm. all the way through. So that was that was uh, that was pretty neat for me because she was in the very first class I taught for this. Hmm. And I think I've taught seven or eight through the years. Every year, every January, I'm, I'm teaching it again. Hmm. So, yeah. I mean, I'm... I'm not a minister, uh, but I think we're all ministers, however you want to cut it. I mean, you can be a minister by a pastor in a church, or you can be a minister uh, handing out a, a homeless kit to somebody on the side of the road. You're ministering to that person. So, I mean, it's or, you know teaching a scout class, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Is there anything in particular that gives you confidence in the Christian faith that it's— um you know, the true faith that there, God is there, that he does love us. Like, um, is there anything in particular that, that's, conf- you know, gives you confidence? <clears throat> I really, 
I really can't point to one thing, to be honest with you. I mean, growing up in a Baptist church, I was that was the only faith there was. Mm-hmm. It, you know, you know what I'm saying? The Christian faith, I guess, mm-hmm. the best way to put. It. I remember in high school, I had to. Uh, we had a question, and I don't even know what kind of class it was, but uh, do you believe in God? And I just thought that was a stupid question mm-hmm. because I just figured everybody believed in God and everybody went to church. And because I was just instilled in me at a very young age, I mean, my parents, we went to church. We went to church every Sunday. We went Sunday night. We went Wednesday night. Mm-hmm. I was in Awana clubs. I was involved in a lot of things at church. Um, and, you know, I might not have been the best witness. A lot of, a lot of people aren't, you know, I mean, when you start getting out and doing what you want to do. Uh, but, uh, one thing about it, uh, I was there and like I, I tell kids a lot of the times, I got some very, I got a very strong biblical foundation growing up. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I never ran, and I never ran away from it. Mm-hmm. I guess the best way to put it. But, uh, you know, and I have my mom and dad to thank for that. Was there any point, like in my own life, um, I was a church girl. I grew up in a religious home, and I was mm-hmm. a church goer, and um, I kind of went through the things. I was trying to like make sure I didn't go to hell. I was kind of concerned about that when I was around nine, so I um, went forward during one of the mm-hmm. invitations, and then I, they baptized me and everything. But you know, I just felt like I, I had I was missing whatever was supposed to happen. And um, I went on throughout my life, and it wasn't until like a, I grew more. Well, I just fell into sin over and over again throughout my teenage years, you know, and was kind of uh, rebellious. And it wasn't until I was eighteen um, that I had um, where it just hit me that I needed to be saved. And it wasn't so much like this time, like well, I wanted to escape hell, but it was like. Um, just who I had become morally, I needed to be s- saved from that. You know, I couldn't mm-hmm. save myself. And, and, um, it was at that point that I, um, you know, asked God to save me like I had done before, but, you know, I felt like I was missing it, you know. But at this time, though, there was just a load of guilt lifted from me. And, um, and I felt like my life changed, felt like something new opened up before me, like the, the Bible all of a sudden became something I wanted to read, you know, and church and the things of God just became um, important to me. So um, was there like ever a point like that for you? Or was it for you more like just as a small child, you were always just into it? And uh, Well, I think a lot of it, like I said, I you know, you didn't miss church unless you were on your deathbed when I was growing up. Yeah. Okay. And... I left. I went to service. Um, I, w- I did attend church when I was in the service, mm-hmm. which um, I, a lot of people might find that strange. I don't believe that, but I did. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I got out of the service, and like I said, being married to somebody from a different faith, a different church, mm-hmm. um, and I was working a lot of rotating shifts. So you just get out of a habit of going to church. It wasn't until 2001 Mm-hmm. When my wife and I we moved to Peavley, and there was a church right down at the bottom of the hill that I passed, and I said, you know what, I think I'm going to start going to that church. They have an early Sunday service, and so I started attending down there. And I, I was a member there for a few years until I told my wife I thought it was time that that we find a church we go to together, and she agreed with me. Yeah, uh, but you know, I don't have the. Have you seen the light? Moment like you had in the Blues Brothers, you know, <laughs> where the lights coming through the ceiling, you know. Right. But uh, but I always knew the light was there. 
I'll yeah. put it to you that way. Um, you know, I have a couple of friends of mine I grew up with that are pastors now in different faiths and stuff like that. And, mm-hmm. uh, I have a few relatives and, um, I, you know, I've talked to them about that kind of thing and they just kind of laugh. You know, they're like, you know, they'll, they'll say something to me. You always went to church or, or whatever like that. Well, there's a lot of people who go to church. That didn't make them a great person. Yeah. It doesn't make them a nice person. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I, I know a lot of, a lot of nice people. Mm-hmm. They go to church, but, um, you know, the big thing is, it, and I don't know, uh, the best way to say this. I've never been one to argue with people about, their faith, mm-hmm. you know, where I'm this faith and you're that faith and you're wrong and I'm right. I've mm-hmm. never been that way. I look at all of the Christian, Christian religions that we all believe in the same thing and there's only going to be one heaven. There's not going to be a Baptist heaven, Lutheran heaven. Mm-hmm. There's not going to be a Southern Baptist heaven or an independent you know, you know what I'm saying, right? Yeah. You know, what's the old story? Y'all be quiet. They think they're the only ones up here. You know, so, <laughs> yeah. and that's why I don't, I don't. If somebody tells me they go to this church or that church, hey, that's great. Glad you're going. And uh, everybody, you, you worship where you're comfortable worshiping. And I had a pastor that I had at a church that was a missionary for I forget how many years over in Kenya, mm-hmm. and like he, he was the one that really kind of explained that to me. Because he said he saw a lot of different face of missionaries over there, mm-hmm. and that's what he figured it out. We're all in this together. We're all trying to get people to heaven, and mm-hmm. it doesn't matter how. My message might be a little bit different than yours, but we're all trying. We're aiming for the same thing. Mm-hmm. It's like I can give you seven different ways to get to Festus from here. The bottom line is you're still going to Festus. Mm-hmm. So take whatever route you want to get. You might take the long way, the short way. But you're still going there, yeah. and that I think that's the way I I kind of summed it up. It took me a long time to figure that one out because you know there's heck how many different versions of the Baptist churches or how many different versions of the Lutheran churches there. You know the Missouri Synod, the Evangelical Lutheran Church, the American Lutheran Church. I mean just Southern Baptist, Independent Baptist, Northern Baptist, Free Will Baptist. Mm-hmm. Uh, some some churches just call themselves Baptists. They're not affiliated with anybody. Yeah, wrote they wrote their own wrote their own doctrine. So I mean, it's you know I, I don't get hung up on what label church you go to. Yeah, um, at the very um, center of like the Christian faith for Lutherans, Baptists, Catholics, whatever, it seems to me it's like um, I think it's the Jesus being crucified and then mm-hmm. the resurrection. That seems like the main thing. Right. So, um, like. What uh, what does that mean to you, or like, what's the significance of that? Like, is that um, anyway? Do you have any thoughts about just? Well, as uh, we're entering the Easter season, mm-hmm. or we have been in the Easter season now for a few weeks, but Jesus died on the cross for my sins. God sent Jesus down here to to, to take my sin. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's uh, that's pretty heavy when you start thinking about it. And I think there there may be some people take it for granted. But I, the one thing, because I know people who are non-believers, and uh, but I also believe what the Apostle Paul said: "Don't waste your time. You know, tell them the good news. Here it is. If you don't want to accept it, I'm not going to take time to dust my shoes off. I'm going to move on." Mm-hmm. And the one thing I see about non-believers are they're not they're non-forgivers. 
they don't forgive anybody for anything they, and they don't have a peace. Mm. You know, it seems like they're mad all the time, but you know, that's just my feeling about it. I mean, I, I don't take what God did for me lightly. That, I think that's a good way to put it. <laughs> yeah. So when, so you don't, you mean, you don't take it for granted. Is that what right. you're saying? Okay. Yeah. Right. So it means something to you. Yeah, it means saying. a lot to me. Yeah. You know, and I believe we should help people. We should, uh, do, you know, be good citizens, you know, try to help out our neighbors. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's all right there. You know, I, I like, I like what this, uh, I was in an investment thing one time at work. They were talking about our retirement plans. And, you mm-hmm. know, I remember a few years ago when we had all the thievery going on on Wall Street and everything. And every time that happens, everybody says, they ought to pass a law against that. They ought to pass a law against that. And I remember this investment guy, he goes, well, one of the oldest laws on the books is thou shalt not steal. <laughs> so we're going to pass a bunch of new laws that nobody else is going to keep. So it's kind of like... Yeah, you know, that's the way I feel about it. I mean, you, you know, just all the way back to the Old Testament, you talk about the, the commandments. Mm-hmm. You know, love thy neighbor. You know, help your neighbor. I'm I'm very involved uh, uh, with a veterans organization called AMVETS. And um, matter of fact, uh, right before you got here, I was carrying in some boxes I had delivered for some cleanup kits. We're going to be giving away at Jefferson Barracks. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that's that's a steady thing we do. Mm-hmm. My Vets post does, and uh, I put a lot of time in doing stuff for veterans. We're going to be having a Veterans Health and Benefits Fair coming up on uh, May the 18th down in Festus. Mm. And my VA people down there, my friend from the Gideons will be there. I'll have uh, have a doctor there, have a nurse there, checking blood pressure, checking vision, mm. helping people sign up for veterans benefits. You know, so it's it's just something else, helping, trying to help out yeah, where I can, but. Yeah, it seems like you enjoy um, the type of thing, volunteering and helping out, like you well, mentioned, the scouts and different things. Well, it's like I, I told my wife, you know, I, she allows me the time to do what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, and but if she told me, hey, look, no, you're spending too much time doing this, I'm ready to throttle it back because she's the most important thing in my life. Mm-hmm. Everything else I do is, it's a, it's a bonus, okay? Mm-hmm. You know, um, you know, I... I enjoy being a married man. I've been married 32 years, so I must enjoy it a little bit. So I want to, I want to keep my wife happy and be able to spend time with her. And yeah. that happened a couple of years ago. I had, I had like three things to do on a Saturday. Uh-huh. And I said, I'm going to go do this and then I'm going to go do this. And then on the way back, I'm going to do this. And then when I get home, I'm going to shower and shave and we're going to go out. And, and she said, well, you'll probably be tired. And I said, well, then I won't do this and I won't do this and I won't do that. And we'll just go to dinner. And I said, because, you know, the rest of it is just something bonus that I'm doing. Mm-hmm. You know, you're the most right. important thing. Mm-hmm. You know, you're my wife. And, you know, I, want, I don't want you to feel like I'm putting you off to the side, you know, to go do these other things. You're the most important thing. Right. So, I mean, when you talk about things that are important to you, that's what's important to me. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, my wife, my family, you know, mm-hmm. one of, you know, my parents call me, my brother, my sister, my niece, nephews, they call me up that that gets moved up to the top shelf. We got to take care of things here. Yeah. So these relationships. Um, so they're. Uh, are you pretty invested in them? Like, do you talk a lot with? Oh yeah, family members yeah. and so forth. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I, probably. 
don't know about every day with every one of them, but mm-hmm. pretty close. Yeah, you know, I talk to my brother a lot of times going into work you know, early in the morning. Mm-hmm. Uh, talk to my sister a lot of times in the evening. I check on my parents every day. Oh, do you? Uh, I mean, they uh, they live they live local, so it's okay. pretty easy for me. Right. But uh, yeah, I mean that's uh, that's what we're supposed to do, right? <laughs> I think so. I think relationships are. Um, yeah, important part for just a satisfying life, yeah. having deep relationships. It'd be um, kind of sad to kind of get to the end and feel like you missed out on yeah. investing in those things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. You know, family family is is extremely important. Uh, I know friends of mine; they see their parents Christmas, see them Easter. Might send them a card on Mother's Day or Father's Day. I got it. But I've always had a very close relationship with my parents. And my brother and my sister, we were just raised that way. I mm-hmm. mean, it was mm-hmm. it was home team, yeah. And you know, we stuck together. Mm-hmm. And we didn't. You know, mom and dad didn't allow the bickering and the fight between the kids. That wasn't going to happen. You know, settle. We're going to settle it now. We're not going to have this. You only have one brother. You only have one sister. You know, I mean, it's mm-hmm. it's just the way it is. So, yeah. And we've we've been able to. And you know, what's good about it? We're all adults, and you know, we're, we still have good relationships. Yeah. You know, my brother and I, we make a couple of road trips a year going to a football game or going to a race or something like that. So, and, hmm. and just like, you know, New Year's Eve, we drove down for the Liberty Bowl, uh, okay. down in Memphis. And like my brother told me, he says, you know, it isn't so much I care about this game. It's just, you know, we got a day to spend together, you know, hmm. go out and do something. He's married and he works full time. And, you know, that free time gets kind of shortened up, but this gave us an opportunity. Well, we have a destination. So we drove down to Memphis, went to the Liberty Bowl. We had Lamberts on the way down and mm-hmm. just had a good time shooting the breeze, you know, getting to spend some time together. Yeah. <clears throat> well, well, Clint, if you could go back to um, some earlier point in your life and tell yourself self something that you realize um, that you wish you understood then, um, that you now realize that, um, to what point would you go back and – what do you think you would say to yourself? I don't know. I probably would have been too hard headed to listen to myself. <laughs> yeah. You know, I know seriously. Mean. I mean, yeah. uh, I, you know, I, I really, cause you know, you, when, when you ask a question like that, you got to remember what was your frame of mind at that time? Cause when I was 18 years old, all I wanted to do was get out of high school. Mm-hmm. I didn't really have a plan made up after that. Mm-hmm. Navy recruiter helped me make up that plan. Yeah. And then when I went in the Navy, all I could think about was getting out of the Navy and coming back home and mm-hmm. going to work mm-hmm. where, you know, and everybody, everybody was ever in the military that didn't retire from the military. They all said the same thing. I should have stayed in for 20. They forgot about being 2,500 miles or so away from home or on the other side of the world away from home. And in a lot of cases, guys getting shot at. Mm-hmm. So because you know, I had a lot of people tell me, oh, you need to stay in. You need to stay in. No, I'm going to get out. Mm-hmm. You know, everybody, um, Everybody has their own their own way of looking at those kind of things. I, I think that if I would have, if I go back to a certain point in my life, and I really don't know, I like to think I made pretty good decisions. Mm-hmm. That might have been I might have had a, a school of hard knocks frame of mind about it, but I like to think I made some pretty good decisions. And, my, and a lot of times, my parents helped me make those decisions. I didn't get a lot of uh, guidance from a guidance counselor, so. <laughs> Mm-hmm. The school guidance counselor. I didn't get a lot of guidance there. Yeah. But um but I didn't really rely on that anyway. 
Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, uh, a lot of the decisions, there's some decisions you got that are hard decisions you got to make on your own, but it's always good when you have a parent that you can talk to and discuss those things with. Yeah. Um, you know, I wasn't one of those guys just came home and said, Hey, I joined the Navy. I mean, it was a discussion I have with my family. We talked it over and, mm-hmm. and they supported me just like my brother. My brother went to the Air Force four years before I did. Mm-hmm. But, uh, I think probably if I would go back in time to tell myself something, it'd probably just be, be, be a better listener. Hmm. You know, just be a better listener. Cause, and I think I became a better listener through the years mm-hmm. with nobody really telling me that it was just something I kind of figured out. Hmm. But, and you know, probably the other thing would be, uh, cherish, uh, cherish things a little more. Hmm. I was like, I lost my grandpa when I was 19 years old hmm. and I was grandpa's favorite. Hmm. And I even knew it then, <laughs> but I lost him to cancer. So, you know, I, I wish, I wish I could have had him around more, mm-hmm. you know, and maybe I would have been old if I would have been able to talk to myself when I was 15, 16 years old, and maybe I would have talked to my grandpa a little harder about let's to the doctor more, you know, something like that. Mm-hmm. So what, uh, what difference has becoming a better, better listener made in your life, you know, as you've learned, learned the significance of that? Oh, you just you just, you just learn more. If you're okay. not talking so much, you're hitting <laughs> okay. better. So. I see. <laughs> All right. Um, yeah. Well, what would you like the next ten of your ten years of your life to look like for you? Oh man, there's hopefully there's a lot of good things that's going to happen in the next ten years. Next ten years, hopefully I'll be retired. Okay. My wife will be retired. Hopefully she's going to be retiring faster than that. Um, want to see my uh i've been very fortunate uh at the the age i'm at to have had very good health you know i I had major surgery on my shoulder a little over a year ago that's healed up fantastic Hmm. Uh, but as far as you know having heart trouble or anything you know a lot of the maladies we hear about people having our age Mm -hmm. i've been very fortunate in that respect Uh, i didn't like them to you know, I drink three Coca Colas a day. <laughs> I pretty much eat whatever I want to eat, and uh, I don't. Uh, I'm not doing what the doctors tell you to do all the time when it comes to that. But uh, you know, I'm just hoping in ten years I'm still uh, happy and healthy, and and uh, have my family with me, and be able to have a little more free time. You know, to get out and if I want to go trap shooting or skeet shooting or go fishing, mm-hmm. you know, drive my old truck around or something like that. You know, it's, um, but, you know, I think, uh, hopefully in 10 years, I'm still going to be in this house. I'm not going to be moving again. That mm-hmm. was one of the decisions that, yeah, that my wife and I had talked about when we, when we moved in here that this was it because mm-hmm. I don't want to move again. Yeah. Hopefully your son by then is going to have a fleet of about 20 lawnmowers <laughs> and still be cutting grass. And maybe so. Yeah. You know, I have a big lawn care company. And, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, big thing is, you know, that, that's something else that, uh, when he came by here, I tried to give him a little bit of encouragement, a little mm-hmm. bit of pat on the back. And I try mm-hmm. to do that with anybody starting a business. And I don't yeah. care if they're my age or your son's age. Mm-hmm. Uh, hey, congratulations. Good luck. Well, man, I'm really worried about it. What are you worried about? You're going to do it. Go out there and work. Like I told your son, I said, half the battle's won with it. He said, what do you mean? I said, you showed up. Yeah. <laughs> you know how many times I've called the general contractor and never even shows up? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, he's already got his, he got to, he got to go, he started on a good foot here. Right. And, 
you know, and I really mean that when I tell people that. I'm, I mean, I don't care if they're opening up an auto repair shop or grass cutting business or, or whatever it is. You know, hey, you know, good luck to you. Mm-hmm. You know, just run with it. You yeah. treat people right, they'll treat. They're going to treat you right. Yeah. You know, do your job, and then, and it'd be amazing. You know, I mean, there's a lot of things. You know, they taught us in Sunday school that if people just follow those rules, make a mess, clean it up. Yeah. <laughs> Stuff like that, you know. I mean, it's it's pretty simple. Yeah. Well, thanks, Clint, for this time to talk together and mm-hmm. uh, get to know you. And I enjoyed it. I know Eddie enjoyed, you know, getting to meet you too. And um, so, wish the best to you. Wish the best to you uh, and your and your whole family. You know, I mean, I got to meet got to meet. One, I think maybe two of your sons. I think the other one he was still yeah. in the truck. Right. Yeah. And uh, yeah, but it, it's it's like I. It was a, my brother and I, my brother's a school teacher. My sister's a school teacher. Uh, my brother's junior high, my sister's kindergarten. So I'm really not around a lot of young people. And so I, I get a kick out of just talking to young people and they, they kind of tell me what's going on in the world, what's going mm. on in their world. Yeah. And, uh, so anytime I can give them a little bit of an encouragement, right. Know, and it, it's amazing. And it, it's with adults too. I, don't, I think we became a, a society of people that we don't encourage people. We don't pat them on the back. We don't, mm-hmm. you know, but I, I, that's just kind of the way I'm wired up. Yeah. Um, you know, I see somebody doing a little bit better or trying to do a little bit better, try to give them a little bit of encouragement. Right. The guy's able to, to get him a new shotgun and go deer hunting with or something. You know, Hey man, that's a great looking gun. You know, a lot of guys want to shoot him down. You know, they want to or not shoot him down literally. Right. You know, it's just like, oh, you didn't need that gun. You know, you wasted all your money. No, it's like, hey, you got a nice, nice shotgun here. You got a nice rifle. Right. It's all about building, building each other up. Country would be a lot better. I mentioned Lambert's earlier. Yeah. Okay. I think we could solve the world's problems if we could just take all the members of Congress and the Senate and the president. We just take them down to Lambert's down in Sykeston. We just lock them up down there and everybody eats to have a dinner. I've been in, I've been going to Lambert since it was the old bus station. Okay, hmm. never had a bad meal there. And on top of that, I've never seen anything bad there. I've never heard an argument, people hollering, getting into it, any fights. You sit out there on that front porch. You might have to wait a half hour, forty five minutes to get in, right? I've seen people there, all all races, all. I've seen bikers, truck drivers, preachers. You know, all walks of life, mm-hmm. but everybody walks in there happy and they walk out happy. Mm-hmm. So I think if we took all the Congress and the president and we put them in there and they had a Sykeston summit, everybody sits down to dinner. Mm-hmm. Maybe they get out and they get something done. They quit fighting with each other. Mm-hmm. Maybe so. You never know. <laughs> you know. So if anybody's listening out there, just pass that on to your congressman. <laughs> all right. All right. Well, thanks, Clint. Thank Appreciate you. It.